Hey there, it's Michelle, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast. So I'm very excited to let you know that we have a new interview coming out next week with the author of a book called Immune Resilience. And I think we all will benefit from understanding how our immune system works. So I'm excited to share that one with you. But today I am rerunning an interview I did in my very first year of launching the podcast. It was episode number 24. Many of you, maybe, yeah, I'd say many of you, maybe most of you have probably not heard this interview. And it was really one of my favorite ones. It's with Cynthia Besteman, who is the founder of Violets Are Blue Skincare, which is a natural line of skincare products that she created as a result of a breast cancer diagnosis. So I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation and hearing her entrepreneurial journey. Just keep in mind that everything we discussed is relevant to about four years ago when I interviewed her. So there may be some data in there, uh, some links that we talk about that are no longer active. So just keep that in mind. But I know you're going to love Cynthia's story and you'll be able to access all the resources over at thegoodlifecoach.com. For those of you who want to learn more about her skincare line, or it's also available at credobeauty.com. And on that note, let's get into the show. I'd love to get your feedback on this one too. Do you miss me asking three best tips for a good life? I used to ask that in the first year of the show and I went away from that. Should I go back? Let me know. You can always email me at hello at thegoodlifecoach.com. I love hearing from you. So on that note, let's get into the show. Here we go. I was also really impressed with where I was treated. I was pre- treated at the Dubin Breast Center in Manhattan, and they do pre-surgery massage, and they do Reiki and yoga and nutrition. Wow. And I sort of jokingly said I started the company so that I could keep going back. One thing that's <laughs> weird that happens when you're done with treatment, they're like, okay, you're done. You're free. Go. You don't want to leave because you're scared. And that next year is really tenuous. You know, it's mm. you have a headache and, oh, I have a headache or is it? You know, everything is there's so much more weight to it. And when you're being checked weekly, you know that you're okay, but when Mm. you're back out in the world. So, uh, you know, I really wanted to do something of meaning. Uh, When women are diagnosed, two things happen. Either they want to get back to the life that they had and pretend like it never happened, Mm -hmm. or they want it to be a pivot point in their life and they want it to mean something. And I was in the group that I needed it to mean something. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle. Thanks for joining me today. On the show is Cynthia Bestabin, the founder of Violets Are Blue, which is a green skincare line of products. 
Cynthia didn't intend to become the founder and CEO of a skincare line. She was originally on Broadway as an actress for 10 years before she transitioned into real estate, where she was one of the top brokers in New York City. But after receiving a breast cancer diagnosis in 2011, Cynthia's successful career came to a halt. So while she underwent treatment, one of the first things that she decided to do was toss out all of her beauty products that contained unsafe chemicals and synthetic fragrances, which left her with nothing in her cabinets. She was shocked by the mislabeling of many skincare and beauty products that were classified as natural while they contained parabens, sulfates, and other chemicals known to work as endocrine disruptors linked to cancer and reproductive concerns. So Cynthia started making products for her own skin and saw great results. And it was her desire to give back and her knowledge and passion for naturally derived skincare ingredients that she decided to form Violets Are Blue in 2015. In addition to developing new products, Cynthia provides patients at the Mount Sinai Dubin Breast Center in New York City with a package of Beloved Products, which is her line specifically formulated to women going through cancer treatments, and she gives it to them upon their first day of chemotherapy. I do want to leave you with just one bit of research that I shared with my newsletter list a few months ago because I do think it's important to be aware. But according to the Campaign for Save Cosmetics, the European Union law bans 1,328 chemicals from cosmetics that are known or suspected to cause cancer, genetic mutation, reproductive harm, or birth defects. By comparison, In the United States, the FDA has only banned or restricted 11 chemicals from cosmetics. That's a huge discrepancy. So it's something to be aware of. And I'm going to be linking to some resources in the show notes where you can go a little bit deeper on this. And you'll hear Cynthia and I talk about the Environmental Working Groups database, which is actually a resource where you can research the products that are in your own medicine cabinets to decide whether or not you feel that they are safe for you and your family. The show notes for today's episode can be found at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash zero two four. Now let's get on into the show. Thanks for joining me today, Cynthia. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Um, So I am really interested in your story and your beautiful, clean beauty brand, Violets Are Blue. I love the name. Um, Thank you. And I would love it if you could just take a minute to introduce yourself and let us know what prompted you to launch a clean skincare company in your 50s. Um, yeah, God, I just, I had forgotten that I launched it in my fifties and that's a whole other (laughs) (laughs) shows how insane I am, but I did it. Um, you know, it's life, life is funny. I, I did it out of a personal need. I was diagnosed out of the blue at the age of 46 with breast cancer and I had no family history. I'd been a vegetarian for 25 years, exercise, never smoked, rarely drank. And to say that it knocked me down is an understatement. Mm. I, you know, had sailed along in life and this was the first really big, awful thing that had happened to me and I did not handle it well. And I remember standing in my apartment thinking, what, what causes you look for a reason, you know, was it my shower curtain? Is it my rug? Is it my pots and pans? And I was in real estate at the time. My husband and I 
uh, we're real estate business partners. And he said, you know, you do whatever you need to do. You take time off. I'll take the business over. You focus on, you know, getting yourself through this however you need to. So we joke now about it because he's like, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I, first of all, just started completely changing everything in our household. Mm. And I didn't think about skincare. I had a pretty bottle with a mango and a peach in my shower. And I assumed that that's what was inside the bottle. And um, maybe a month after my diagnosis, I was at the pharmacy picking up my Xanax prescription. That's the one thing I say to women when you get diagnosed, get a psychiatrist and get Xanax and that'll get you through the first few months. Um, And he was giving a prescription to a mother who had a toddler and he said, oh, you just rub it right into her forearm and it goes directly into her bloodstream. It's a new, it's an old new way of giving medicine now. And I remember thinking, well, what am I putting on my skin that's going into my bloodstream? So when I got home, I round up all my, my skincare products and started Googling and I was horrified. And I couldn't believe I was putting this on the largest organ of my body. And the next thing I Googled was how to make your own organic skincare. And funnily enough, a class was starting. I live in Manhattan. It was starting 10 blocks from my house the next night called Bath and Body University, making your own organic skincare. So I signed up for it and I immediately fell in love with the process, learning about where things come from, what they do for you, um, how they're you know, ingredients dating back to the 1400s that people use for healing. And I just dove in. I think it was also great for my mind to not focus on my health um, and what I was going through. So I just started making products for myself. And I'd be in, at that point I was in radiation and you see the same women every day for six weeks. Mm. And so I would say to them, oh, on the way home, stop by Whole Foods and get some avocado oil and some shea butter and add in just a few drops of lavender oil and you put it in the blender. And they're like, Cynthia, I have three kids under the age of eight. I have a full-time job. I'm a single mom. And I was like, oh, right. I get it. So I started making products for them and then um, they loved it. And then at the end of my treatment, my oncology team asked what I'd been doing um, for my skin because it stayed what they said was, you know, incredibly healthy. And Mm. when I told them, my oncologist joked, you know, oh, well, you need to bottle that and sell it. And I walked away thinking I need to do something with this, that what they give you when you're diagnosed are, um, I won't mention the brands, but they're basically petrochemicals that Mm -hmm. lock everything from going in and out of your body. You can't breathe and you can't heal. So I thought, and I was also really impressed with where I was treated. I was treated at the Dubin Breast Center in Manhattan and they do pre-surgery massage and they do Reiki and yoga and nutrition. And I sort of jokingly said I started the company so that I could keep going back. One thing (laughs) that's weird that happens when you're done with treatment, they're like, okay, you're done, you're free, go you don't want to leave because you're scared. And that next year is really tenuous. You know, it's, Mm. you have a headache and, oh, I have a headache or is it, you know, everything is, there's so much more weight to it. And when you're being checked weekly, you know that you're okay, but when Mm. you're back out in the world. So, uh, you know, I really wanted to do something of meaning Uh, when women are diagnosed, two things happen. Either they want to get back to the life that they had and pretend like it never happened, mm-hmm. or they want it to be a pivot point in their life and they want it to mean something. And I was in the group that I needed it to mean something. Yes. So I hired a biochemist and a formulator and we worked for a year and a half to two years. And I went back to the breast center at Mount Sinai and said, I want to donate skincare to women on their first day of treatment something that's not pink, 
something that doesn't have a ribbon on it, something that focuses on them being healthy, not mm-hmm. being sick, that they could open, touch, feel, smell. Um, the first day, I didn't have to have chemo. I just had radiation. But from what I know, the first day of chemotherapy is way scarier than the day of diagnosis because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, for a woman, it's a really, uh, still makes me emotional. And I didn't mm-hmm. even go through chemo. It's just, it, it strips you of your um, identity. And so I wanted to bring some beauty, dignity, and identity back to the women. And from there, I create, so that's our beloved line. And that's what we donate. We also offer that for sale. So if you have a loved one who's been diagnosed, you don't know what to get them. You don't know what to say. So that's a beautiful gift to give someone to say, I'm, I'm focusing, I'm, you know, thinking about you being healthy. Um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to do for them. And then from there, more essential oils in it and scrubs and masks that you wouldn't necessarily use while you're going through treatment. And then 10% of the purchase price of those products go to support the donations. So it is literally women helping women, um, get healthy, stay healthy. And I feel like particularly in this day and age, it's really important. And we launched in 2015, that first year I still worked in real estate, um, and then was able to leave real estate fully in 2016. And I haven't looked back. That was a very long winded answer. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. Please don't. You actually brought me to tears listening to you because I know four, I had four friends in the last year and a half who were diagnosed. I know how painful the journey is. Um, and you want to have as much compassion and empathy, but when you're not walking in their shoes, it's like you feel really helpless and you just want them to know how much you love them. Yeah. Yeah. But for you having walked in those shoes, I love, love what you're doing. And I love this idea of wanting to support those other women that became like sisters to you during that time. Um, Well, I always say it's a sisterhood that nobody wants to be a part of, but it is the most amazing, I'll meet a woman, you know, 20 years younger than myself who went through breast cancer and we'll sit down and have coffee and we'll talk about things that I don't even share with my family or my closest girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, there's age doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter. Your background doesn't matter. It's this bonding thing and a language that only we understand. And we're all so, it's, it's crazy. We're all so incredibly thankful mm. to be in this group. Um, but why we got here, you forget why you got there a lot of times, which is a horrible reason. But, um, I, you know, I would never wish cancer on anybody yeah. and, you know, certainly do not wish it on myself, but I do feel in my circumstance that it made my life better. And it, it, you know, it's, it's easy once you get back into your life, the trivial things become important again, but um, it just helps you look at things in a different light and remind yourself, you know, that, that the alternatives are out there and you should be thankful for the troubles that you're having, you know, because it could be a lot worse. Yeah. And I really appreciated what you said when you were thinking, you know, you know, of course, there's this going to be a part of you that thinks, what did I do to cause this? Even though you didn't, you know, what did I do? But what can I can now control? What can I take charge of? Well, right? That's exactly it. You feel out of control and you feel like you've been betrayed by your body. You do everything right that everybody says that you should do. And then your body, you know, creates cancer and you feel betrayed and you want to blame somebody. It's like a, you're, it's like you're in a relationship and then you realize that, you know, you're being cheated on. And 
it's also just crazy. Like you said, you have four friends who have gone through it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when I was a child or a teenager, my mom having mm-hmm. four friends who went through it. Yeah. And I hear from women, I just spoke at the Young Survivor Coalition in Austin, 800 women under the age of 40 who were diagnosed were there. And that's just in that one conference. Wow, and Cynthia. something is going on. Yes in our world that is causing people, you know, and some people say, oh, it's better technology and maybe your body would have, you know, rebounded anyway from it. But, you know, I met enough stage four women to know that it's something bigger than that. And, you know, and then I, I used to think, is it because I was diagnosed that people tell me that they were diagnosed and I wouldn't be aware of it if I wasn't? But then I speak to someone like you who had four friends and it just it scares me a little in terms of what is going on. Yeah. Um, The good news is, is there's so many amazing treatments and quality of life has changed a lot. Um, Women are living longer um, and being diagnosed earlier. So that's the good news, but we really have to figure out what is happening that so many women are being diagnosed. Absolutely. And environment does play a factor in it. I mean, the science is there, the data is there. So what you are what you are consuming to some degree in terms of the chemicals. Our our body can only detox so many toxins that come in. So to, to your point of what you're putting on your skin, which your butt, that's a major organ, your skin and you know what it's absorbing. Just like you said, that doctor was putting it on that child. So it could go right into the bloodstream. Well, yeah, that's that. I get (laughs) how that's how you, you know, where you zoned in on. I mean, if we think about all the stuff we put between our shampoo and our conditioner, our face products, our body lotions. I mean, there's just so much that we're putting on our skin. And so to the degree that you can control what you can control, yes, do whatever you can. Exactly. And the beauty of that is, is especially in the green beauty world, so many strides have been taken. When I was first diagnosed, there were maybe two brand options. And now there's hundreds of green beauty brands that work better. I always say to people when they're like, oh, I don't know if I buy it and you know how much it actually does. There's no scientific proof and there's studies here and there. But nowadays there are so many wonderful brands that whose products work just as good, if not better than quote unquote conventional beauty. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if that's the case, why not, you know, hedge your bets? Why don't you investigate and learn about and start using things just to be safe and you're not compromising your wrinkle cream or, you know, that wonderful lotion that you love. There's so many amazing brands that are out there um, that have come up in, in just the last few years. So mm-hmm. there is a, a trend, which is also very exciting. I 100%, even Target is carrying like, well, three people are different brands, right? That cleaner brands. So I definitely agree with that. And I think, you know, sometimes what happens is that women are just so busy and the thought of, it's like, well, I like my shampoo. I I like this. I don't want to change it. And I don't have time to go online and do the research. And so (laughs) I know when I sent out a newsletter to my community, one of the first things that I sent them was, uh, a link to the Environmental Working Group's um, mm-hmm, which database. Which is a great resource, yeah. Yeah, and to another app, which I'll remember in a minute, <laughs> that lets you, <laughs> it has, a, oh, uh, Think Dirty, Think Dirty. Think Dirty, yep, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember it had a fun name, um, Think Dirty. Yeah. And I just listed, I said, hey, if you don't want to do any of the research, here are four brands, I, I was not familiar with yours at the time, where you don't have to 
think about it. You don't have to worry. Yeah. yeah. And that's so nice. And that's a trend, which is really nice, which yes. is, is great to see. And, and you know, and it's also within the green beauty world, what's also beautiful is the brands are so supportive of each other. The majority of us are women. And our philosophy is you open up a, you know, a, a cabinetry of somebody and it's not just one brand, it's this deodorant and that serum and that body wash. And we all band together for the greater good. And so it's great to, you know, call out other brands. I have something that, you know, I don't have a product that someone's looking for. And it's, it's a beautiful community to be involved Mm -hmm. in. And the majority of the companies as well have secondary causes. If it's, you know, working with a co-op group of women in Malaysia or educating youth in Africa or planting trees, like that's also, you're getting the benefits of by purchasing from Mm -hmm. these companies you're also giving um, back to a cause. And I'd say 70 to 80% of the green beauty companies have something in place for that, which mm-hmm. is also a bonus. Yeah, that's, that's... But the EWG, which you mentioned, uh, is a resource that I say to everybody. If you're in doubt, just type in that ingredient and it will give you not only the scale of one to 10 in terms of safety, but then tell you why. You know, something may say, oh, this is a beautiful green beauty product, but it has a rating of four and it's because it has, um, you know, phenoxyethanol in it, which is a natural preservative, but 1% of the population may have an allergy to it. Mm. So it goes even deeper to explain why they give something a certain rating. Um, and I, I just think it's the the best tool out there. Yeah, no, it's it's such a great tool. And, I'll, and I will link it in the show notes so people can just find it super easy. Um, how did you come up with the name Violets or Blue? It's such a pretty name and your packaging is so beautiful. <sighs> Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's so, it's, it's the craziest story in my twenties. I lived in Seattle and I was walking in this neighborhood called Capitol Hill, which is a very funky artsy community. And I was really into, uh, funky fashion back then. It was the nineties. And I remember thinking, I'm going to own a store here one day and I'm going to call it Violets or Blue. And then never thought about it again. And then that was the easiest decision in launching my company was the name because I wanted to get away from pink. Mm. And what's interesting is I worked with a marketing company at one point, long after the brand was launched, and they had said that blue and violet are the two colors most associated with um, illness and sadness. Mm. But then on the other side of the spectrum, they're also the colors most associated with um, healing and kindness. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, I wish I would have known that before I named it because that would have been a great... PR thing, but totally. the honest truth is that I just thought, oh, I love the name. And, you know, when people go down the road, it's like, oh, because the whole poem, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, oh, that you get to write the ending. And that's a little dramatic, but it's just sort of, for me, it was just about, you know, having that epiphany in my 20s and mm. going, okay, it's not a clothing store, but it's, this is my company. And, and, uh, yeah, and I've never looked back. I love the name. I just I think it. it's, it's beautiful. Mm, that's a beautiful People story. always think they're like, oh, are you Violet? <laughs> oh, right. They think hey, you're Violet. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's so, a beautiful like, story. Sorry. Yeah. But also you brought something that obviously stayed with you for 30 years, you know, yeah. or whatever it was, 25 years or in your yeah, mind. It's crazy. And, and, yeah, uh, and I never, it never left it, yeah. you. So it was meant no, to be. No, and I moved to New York. Yeah, exactly. And I moved to New York. I was a Broadway actress for 10 years and then oh. got into real estate. So I never even thought of, uh, you know, owning a store that was just a fleeting idea that I had. And so, you know, just pay attention to those fleeting thoughts walking down the street because you mm. never know when it'll come back to you. So that's interesting. So you've had the different careers. I didn't, so you were a Broadway actress? 
Yeah, that's what brought me to New York. I studied with a professional, it was like a Broadway training program Mm. at Circle in the Square. And then from there, I just started working after that. And I loved it. It was exhausting. Mm. And I got tired of having to work all the time and not having any money because Mm. Broadway actors get paid nothing. Mm. And that's when I went into real estate. And it's sort of an interesting story because I went into real estate started making a lot of money because there's a lot of money to be made in New York City real estate. But I was also just as miserable because I was tied to my job. I couldn't leave. My husband and I were business partners, so we couldn't travel together because somebody always had to be here. We did a lot of international relocation. So it was 24-7 with the clients. And it was just, I I felt the same level of exhaustion just with more money. That was really the only difference. Mm. And it made me realize that having money doesn't mean anything. And I still couldn't travel or see my family. And two months before I was diagnosed, I remember lying in bed and thinking, something has got to change. Something Mm. has got to change. And I do feel like in a way, my body did what my mind couldn't get it to do. Mm. And I think, you know, going back to that first night in the skincare class, I feel like with this company, it marries these two worlds. Uh, The people that I get to meet, the artistry, the, um, the the type of person that is in this industry is who I gravitate towards, and then the business aspect is still very fascinating for me. And the you know the money potential, of course, as we grow, but I feel like my two worlds are now married, and it's the perfect place for me to be. Mm, it's so beautiful, you know the the blessings that came out of such a dark time. You know, it's just it brought you on your your path. Yeah. And that's, I hope too, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, I started this in my fifties, I hope as well that women, I I love going, you know, I travel around a lot and I speak to groups and I think what's good is that they see someone who went through it Mm. and not only survived, but um, and I hate the word survivor and thriver and all mm-hmm, that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're actually, um, there's a company called Salty Girl Beauty. They're a makeup line and we're trying to change it to uh, warrior that we're, we're cancer warriors because, you know, warriors don't always survive, but they go down fighting and warriors don't always thrive because they have moments of, you know, being sheerly exhausted and need to regroup. And we feel like surviving and thriving puts a lot of weight on people. So, we um, we also run the Cancer Wellness Expo that happens in the fall in New York City, and so wow. we're incorporating that into it, and you know, inviting Ultimate Warriors wherever they are on their journey to come and take part. So we're trying to shift that paradigm as well. But I love speaking to to groups because I remember how terrified I was when I was diagnosed, and will I ever get through this? Will I ever feel normal? Will I ever, you know, your mind separates itself from your body, and you you feel like you're an outsider in the world and the sky doesn't look blue anymore. Like what you thought to be real doesn't feel real. Mm. And you worry that you're never going to get back to that point. So one of the reasons I love speaking about my journey is that women see, um, you know, you can go through something and end up better and that it does, your normal does come back and that you can make changes in your fifties or launch a company. And sometimes I think I'm absolutely insane for doing it, but I had no other choice. And nobody's ever said to me, I can't believe you're 50 and you've done this. Like you don't deserve to have a company because you started so late. Um, and that's all just been self, um, um, put on by, by only me. I'm the only one who has issues with that. So I want to show women that they can, whatever's, you know, sitting in the back of their brain, um, that they can take a leap and, and do what, 
has always been something that they wanted to do or go down on the journey and figure out what they want to do. You know, sometimes you don't know, but you won't know that you want to make changes. And it's mm-hmm. like, then, you know, sign up for that Reiki class or sign up for acupuncture mm-hmm. or take a weekend trip somewhere and start, just start venturing out just to see what sticks. Yes, I love it. And that's what the show's about. That's why I wanted to have you on because my hope is someone will hear you and it'll change their life. They're going to feel like I can do it too. You know, they just that little bit of inspiration or just the story will stay with them and it'll give them the courage and the confidence to say, you know what, why not? I'm just, I am going to sign up for that class. I am going to go back to school. I'm going to start that book that's been ruminating in my mind. So um, I met so many women who want to write books and they, and it's just like, just start with a page, just start. And listen, if I can do it, you know, I graduated with a theater degree. I'm an actress. I went into real estate and it's like, if I can do this, if I can create a company, anybody can do anything, you know, cause I don't know. And many days I still don't know what I'm doing, but I just put one foot in front of the other. And as long as you have the passion or you start the journey to find that passion, um, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, well let's dig in. So one of the things that I like to do is to go a little deeper because I think people need to hear how someone did start. So, you know, at some point you were realizing what you put on your skin is so important. And I'm curious what what prompted you to want to do it versus did you not find another line or an existing brand that you felt good about? Or did you just feel like you wanted to have a hand in changing this industry? Yeah, I think it was definitely, I wanted to have a hand. And I, you know, I was sort of joking when I said, you know, I wanted to bring something back to the Dubin Center, but I do feel like I needed to keep that connection. Mm. I'm also a control freak. And and it was also like just this weird thing happened on that night of that class where for the first time in months, I mean, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't mm. eating, I was in I was going to therapy twice a week. Um, and it was the first time that I was able to focus on something other than my body betraying me. Mm. And I think I wanted to bring that feeling to other women. Like I wanted to share that and it was so exciting for me and it was a new territory and, and I was having such a fun time doing it. But then it was also, I really felt the need to give back to Mm -hmm. women going through cancer. And in my limited way, this is the way to do it. You know, I don't have, you know, money to donate or start a uh, a fund. So I think this was the way that I figured, you know, I'm not out there curing cancer, but I'm, I can help women going through it feel a little bit better. Mm. And at this stage, that's enough for me. And I think that I needed that connection. And it, it was literally just something that took my mind off of mm. what I was going through at the time. So and then that the ball started rolling and then one comment from my oncologist and everything changed. Yeah, you've you were you got validated in that moment because he yeah. noticed that your skin was better than the rest from what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what was that very first step? Can you take us into what was it? The research was it the class? Was it what? What was your very first step? I know that taking you back a few years. No, it's it was it was the class, and then I became close with the woman who taught the class. She was living in Boston at, at the time. She now lives in Wyoming, and she sort of became my mentor. And I mm-hmm. told her what I wanted to do, and she introduced me to a biochemist who's based out of Colorado, who also has done a lot of cancer research. 
And it was, it was actually really fun because I said, I want to create this line and I want these ingredients in it. And I want it to feel like this. And I want it to smell like that. And she would send me, um, and I wanted to have these preservatives. So I did, I, it wasn't, I was still educating and like, I, I like to have my hand in everything. So then she would formulate her facility and send me five samples. And Mm -hmm. I would say, okay, I like the feel of number one, the smell of number three, the application of number two and the, and the, you know, the color or whatever of number four. So then she'd reformulate again. And then of course, in the meantime, I'd been doing research and said, okay, well, what about adding this into it? I've been reading about this. So then she would add that in. And that's part of the reason why it took so long is as I got educated, I kept switching things. Mm. Um, and I also wanted to come out with a natural deodorant because I, mm. and I say to young women, if you want to be proactive and not getting breast cancer, change your deodorant, do not use antiperspirant, anything with aluminum, you know, the jury's still out on, you know, how much gets absorbed into mm-hmm. your body. But most of us shave our armpits, you nick yourself, and then mm-hmm. you're putting um, aluminum on that's going right into the area closest to your breast. Yeah. I feel, you know, and also with aluminum, with, you know, microwaving and all that kind of stuff and plates, I do I do think because as that's risen in our society, cancer rates have gone up. Mm-hmm. So that was something I'm, I and I'm still tweaking. I have a roll-on that I'm tweaking still to this day. And I have a deodorant stick that now I'm looking at. I have... 10 of them lined up on the willow windowsill to check for melting points. Um, I've become obsessed with natural deodorant and coming out with the best one. Mm. And um, and I just have a great team. What I didn't know, I'd investigate. I made some big mistakes, um, still making mistakes as, you know, as I learn. And I'm handling them better. I didn't handle them very well in the beginning. But um, making the products and researching the ingredients is the fun part. It's everything else that's really difficult. Yeah. Well, I give you a lot of credit. This is, it's very exciting what you're doing. And um, so from concept to launch, how long did that take you? Um, I'd say two years. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed in 2000, mid-April 2011, done with treatment at the end of that year. And then we launched November, September, I guess September of 2015. So two and a half, a little over two years. Wow. That's, that's great. And I think that's also a nice lesson for people to listen. This isn't, you know, I think sometimes people see where somebody's at today. Let's say if they're very successful and they don't know the backstory, they don't know the many years or all of the trial and error and the failures that led them there. You just see the, the accomplished person and the results of that and not the backstory. So that's another takeaway. This can be you too. And that's the other thing that I, I, I feel is important for people to know that you can fail and still have a very successful company. It's it's how you, what I had to learn with, it, it's how you handle those failures. Mm. I would take them as, is the universe trying to give me a sign that I shouldn't be doing mm. this? This is too hard. And I was having a conversation with my mother and she said, you have got to stop this. You, If you want to be a businesswoman, this is the stuff you're going to have to deal with. And you have to put on your big girl pants and deal with it. This isn't a sign that you shouldn't be doing it. This is business. And business is messy. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide, can you handle the mess or not? And it, that flipped everything for me. That's I was like, great. oh my God, you're right. That's great advice. Good job, <laughs> like, mom. You know, my mom's 82 and she's oh still, God, how do I, I make it, it through the day without her? You know? Oh, I like, love it. That's But great. it was a pivotal, it was a pivotal point in my business. 
business. And it was like, this isn't happening to me. This is business and growing a business. And you talk to all the other brand founders and they all have the same issues and you just have to decide, can you handle it? Yeah, I think that's right. Because and, and entrepreneurship in particular is not for everyone. So it's no. just a matter of, you know, you have to have a lot of resiliency and know that there's yes. going to be some serious highs and some serious lows. Um, and Sometimes in the same two-hour span. 100%. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I know I'm experiencing yeah. that. Um, well, I was going to say, you must under, you understand because totally. this is entrepreneurial and completely. you're building something from the ground up. And yeah, so you you understand completely. So you've been in Nordstrom and anthropology, which is, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, big. those were big wins for you. And now you are (laughs) in Credo Beauty and online. Tell us about Credo Beauty, because I, when I was in Boston recently, I was on Newberry Street and I I walked by and I thought, oh, that's a clean beauty place. That's new, new to me. But how long have they been around? What, what, What are they all about? I believe they launched in 2014 or 15 as well. They're fairly new. They're the largest um, clean beauty retailer. What's amazing about Credo is that every brand, when you're talking earlier about, um, you know, not having the the time or the energy to sort of look at the labels and educate yourself, every brand that is in that store has to go through strict ingredient guidelines and pass has to go through you know micro testing all this stuff so any brand that is in there you just look for what you think feels good and smells good and they've done the rest for you and it's mm. amazing they've got big name brands and they've got small name brands like mine which is also what's great about that company is they support um i think also 80% of the women in uh, the founders in that store are women. Mm. So that's also amazing. And they support small local brands mm. and they've got, um, eight stores now in the U S and I think they're going to be opening up a few more. And it's just, it's probably the, the retailer I'm most proud of because it's a, it's a stamp of approval. And when I look at my products on the shelves next to the other green beauty mm. products, you know, the Josh Rosebrook, the Tata Harper, Goop, um, Dr. Goldfaden. I, I, I'm like, that's my, wow. You know, yeah. like Anthropology and Nordstrom are, are great, but there's something about Credo that's, that was the, the high point for me. Mm. Um, and I love going into the stores. They have a store here in Brooklyn and in uh, Soho. And I'll go in on Sundays and spend the day and do a meet the founders. So anybody in the New York area, um, you know, come see me. I'm usually there on Sundays, but if you follow me on Instagram, I post when I'm there. And like you were saying, the validation, you get the text or the email, that's a day for me to go in there. And I just, you know, meet, meet people. And it's fun. Cause I get to see the trends and what people gravitate towards and what products I should be coming out with. And the staff at, at there is amazing. They're all aesthetician and the makeup artists, and they're extremely knowledgeable, not like other stores where you walk in there and Nobody even acknowledges that you're there. They're really there to help guide you into um, what's the best product for you. And I walk away there on my days just on such a high from chatting with women. And, you know, I'd say 60% of the women, when I mentioned breast cancer, they say, oh, I had it, or my mom had it, or Mm -hmm. my sister. And so you have these intense conversations and, you know, someone popping in and saying, I've been using your serum in the last couple of weeks and my skin has changed and I feel so much better and I'm getting compliments. And, you know, a woman using scar repair on her mastectomy scars and just saying it just helps make her feel like she's coming out of it. It's just, 
That's that's all I need. That's all I need is that you know that one on one time or that email or that note, um, and that will get me through you know months of manufacturing headaches. Wow, and it's so beautiful that you can be there for other women who are, is wa- are walking the same hard path that you had to walk and be able to support each other in person too at the store and have something where you feel like you can offer them. Here's here's this serum that's going to actually help your skin yeah. and help to me, and that's why I started this. So there's a level of trust there, and well, there is yeah, the the credibility is there from the get go, um, which is nice. And the store with Credo, it's the credibility you feel it when you walk in as well, which is also really nice. Yeah. Um, but also just having me there and my story and connecting with other breast cancer, it's just you know, it's like that that you know street cred that you, you know, that you hope to get. And there's just that lingo and that connection that, um, that happens between breast cancer, uh, survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, I know that you help give back to cancer patients. Can you tell more, tell us more about that? Uh, well, we work with, uh, Mount Sinai here in New York city, each woman going through chemotherapy for breast cancer at the Dubin breast center is given our full beloved package on her first day of chemo, um, full size products, not you know small samples, and we use we support those through the sales that we do of the signature line. Mm. So when you buy something beautiful for yourself, you're getting something, you're giving something to a woman who's going through um, literally the worst day of her life, and mm. you're helping her not only get through that but um, stay healthy and focus on being healthy instead of being sick. And we're branching out. There's a couple other hospitals that we're talking to. Mm. We also do green beauty nights, um, with the salty girls. Um, we travel around to, we're going up to the Dempsey center in April. We're doing Dana Farber, Mount Sinai. Um, in Austin, we did when we do green beauty nights where we help women, um, make the change to green beauty and give them some tips on what to look for and what not to look for. Um, and that's, you know, funded by the hospitals from the Mm -hmm. cancer wellness expo and our companies. And we also work with organizations, um, to randomly donate, uh, to people as well who are going through, uh, cancer. And it's just, um, that's, I just, as my company grows, those donations will grow. And my goal is to be in 20 hospitals by the year 2020. We are supporting the uh, Cancer Wellness Expo that I do with Salty Girls and the Green Beauty, the um, the Warrior Revolution. That is our Green Beauty Nights going around to hospitals. So we'd love to do more of those. When is and that, the Cancer Wellness Expo? I'd like to put that on the website. That people. is going to be, we're actually, we're uh, communicating with spaces right now. We should have that nailed down in the last, uh, in the next couple weeks. We did it at Donna Karen Urban Zen last October. That was mm. our inaugural one. Mm. And it was a massive success. And so we want to put it in a little bit of a bigger space where we can have breakout sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, because we had one, for instance, on, um, you know, sex in your thirties and all the stuff that you have to deal with when you're going through treatment, dryness and and all that mm. kind of stuff. And the women who were 50 and 60 were like, I'm over that. I don't need to sit and listen to that. <laughs> so we want, you know, to the breakout session, more tailored to groups and, you know, and it was amazing because we thought, oh, let's try the sexual session. You know, is anybody going to be wanting to talk about it? And it was 
the session that we could have done for three hours. There were so many questions. Yeah. Mm. So we want to make that bigger for the younger women and then give the women, you know, going through menopause, something that they can also go into. So we want to have breakout sessions and we have, you know, Reiki masters and people stretching you. And we've got, we had, um, mushroom, uh, you know, peanut butters and jewelry and clothing and CBD oil and tea and just amazing. Mm. It was amazing uh, event. And so we're going to be doing that again, probably mid-October. Beautiful. How healing too. And when women come together, there's just something so powerful about that safe space to have those conversations that they couldn't otherwise get into. So that's beautiful. Um, Cynthia, well, it was oh, joyous. Ahead, yeah. oh, no, please. No, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna say it was just a joyous day. It didn't, people left saying this was actually so much fun and uplifting. It wasn't about, we talked about, you know, technology and, and uh, treatment options. And we had plastic surgeons and dermatologists and it was, you know, we had every panel, you know, from nutrition to, you know, uh, marriages, all that kind of stuff, but it was a really fun, happy happy day. Mm. And that's what we want to recreate. So Cynthia, can you actually tell us about your line? So I understand you have the beloved and is that specifically for cancer patients? That is our treatment safe line uh, that we submitted to Mount Sinai. It was all approved. Everything had to go through A, their doctors and B, their legal team, you know, because we're we're donating them to cancer patients. Mm -hmm. Um, That line, the difference between that line and the signature line, it has a little bit less essential oils in it. Um, your senses are heightened when you're going through treatment. So I didn't want to overwhelm anybody's sense of smell. We add in um, organic essential lavender oil, just enough to cover up the base oils. And lavender is also proven to be the most um, calming to the nervous system. And it's also a beautiful anti-inflammatory. So you sort of two birds with one stone with that oil in itself. But so this is really beautiful, helps to keep your skin calm, um, helps with the inflammation, helps with the redness, helps with the bumps. And the when you go through diagnosis, it's like every ounce of moisture is sucked from your body. So this helps replenish that and keep it healthy. And then the signature line just has a little bit more of the essential oils, um, same great basic ingredients, because if it's good for someone whose immune system is compromised, it's great for somebody who isn't. Um, and then we've got you know carrot seed oil, white tea, evening primrose, rose hip, um, shea butters and cocum butters and castor oil, which is a beautiful oil that sort of got forgotten for a bit, argan oil. Um, so it's just, it's, it's products that people in the 1300s used to heal themselves Mm. that are just time honored ingredients. Everybody ends up going back to them. Um, just really beautiful. We package it, uh, in Miron Vitaglass, which is what the Egyptians used to store things Mm. alchemically. It keeps things potent for six months to a year longer. Then if it was in regular glass, also not being in plastic, you're not leaching the estrogens into the oils. That was really Mm -hmm. important for me. Um, And we've got scrubs and masks and deodorants and scar repairs and um, coming out with a hand cream and a facial cream also this year. So it's really beautiful. It's also affordable luxury. I keep, because I'm a small company, my overhead is less and that helps in keeping the price points down. Mm. Um, and they're all in the $48 range, which for green beauty, um, is really on the lower end. And Mm -hmm. we source from the same places that everybody else does, but I just don't have a big marketing and PR team and a big staff. So I'm able to pass those savings on to the consumer. Mm, You put in so much love and care into every 
detail. I mean, just even with the packaging, the glass from... That was really important to me. I wasn't going to do all this work with organic products and then put them in plastic. And that's something, especially for women who have estrogen-driven breast cancer, um, you want to stay away from that. So that's important. Mm. Can you please leave the women listening with your three best tips on how to live their best life? Um, Be authentic to you, not to anybody else. You don't have to uh, compromise who you are or what you think or what you feel um, to be successful or to be happy. And those of those people who don't understand it, you don't want in your life anyway. Um, it's never too late to start something new. In fact, it makes you feel younger and happier and more excited about getting older. Um, and laugh, find humor in in any circumstance, there's nothing better than a good laugh, even when it's your worst possible moment in time. Love it. This has been such a joy. I've loved everything you've said and you've shared and your mission. Um, where can I direct people if they want to learn more about your products and the work that you're doing? Where can I send them? Um, all of our information is on our website. It's www.violetsorblueskincare.com. And then you can also find us at credobeauty.com. And they also give you, um, you know, all the information on the company and all that stuff. But to get more in-depth and the Beloved line, I don't offer in retail. That's only through our site because I like to control where it goes. Mm. Um, so that that's directly on our site. But otherwise, you know, you can go to our favorite retailer, Credo Beauty. That's great. And w- what about on social? Oh, Violets are Blue Skincare. Insta- that's our Instagram at Violets are Blue Skincare and Violets are Blue uh, for Facebook. And those are the two. I'm not really on Twitter, but follow us on, on Instagram for sure. And we do random giveaways oh, nice. and new product announcements and, and all that stuff. Thank you so much for your time today. I wish you the most success on this journey. Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been so fun. So, oh, and I will keep you, you posted on, on all of our dates. Yeah, and I'm following you on Instagram. So I look forward to oh, watching good. your success grow. Thank you awesome. so much. I'll make sure to follow you back. And I can't <laughs> wait to uh, catch up on the, 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 I've started listening to your podcast, but I have a bunch to catch up on. And oh. they're amazing. Oh, you're so, so sweet. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, no, but seriously, you. thank you for everything you're doing. And I think it's it's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.